Hey guys, welcome to the Talking Shed podcast. Uh, today, it's Cody and I here in the recording studio here in Coldwater, Ohio. But well, this isn't necessarily a recording studio. We're just in the back room right okay. now. Okay, but way out in Illinois, um, we've also got uh, guest host Jeff Worley. Jeff, how's hey. it going? Good guys, how are you? Good. Not too bad. Good. Good. Just uh, snowing down. Just big old flakes right now in Western Illinois. Really? Yeah. We don't even know what snow looks like right now. <laughs> What's well, the first for us too? I think. <laughs> yeah. We haven't had much at all. So, yeah, but. it's you know December twenty eighth, um, and you know heck, it's it's a little cooler now, but like over Christmas, you know we were fifty degrees. Um, oh. It was beautiful, 60. Hell, we, Christmas, I think when we, when we had one Christmas, we were opening all the windows and the screen doors open. It's like, you didn't have to wear your ugly sweater this year very long. You were pitching that baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, if if everyone in Illinois would quit burning tires and, and flying airplanes, we'd have <laughs> snow here someday again. That's exactly right. That's, but. Oh, well, so, so of course, for, for the the long time listener, um, they know who Jeff Worley is, but Jeff, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Talk about what the heck you do on a daily basis. Oh man. I I feel sometimes on a daily basis, like a ping pong ball, (laughs) you know, cause sometimes you go, obviously devastator is still, still selling those on the early order program. Um, which, you know, goes through January. Um, so that's the talk on those, you know, guys saying, hey, I'm going from an 893 to a Case 4408, what they're going to take. Yep. So that, planner accessories, guys getting ready. Strip till definitely has been on the, you know, question board, you might say, guys calling and asking and talking. And so, yeah, it's, it's not really yeah, and so you're you're the territory manager for for what part of the country for Yetter? Yeah, eastern, so everything east of Illinois, and then all okay uh, west Western Canada, Quebec, Ontario. So yeah, I get a wide variety of uh, conversations each and every day from you know, which is interesting different soil types and different things here and um yeah it just is you just never know where the next one's coming in from basically right and i mean i don't want to i don't want to date you but you you've been there since row cleaners were were (laughs) pretty pretty crude yeah we were uh just getting into the row cleaner market i had the uh cleanup crew with the brush and the discs and then the finger wheels kind of came and that's that's kind of where it's really started and just took off i mean that you know moved that residue enough and guys you could really see the warming up and and really the you know clean seed bed you know just planting every seed having better seed to soil contact that yep. that really was a game changer guys could really see that type of so what was that, that? What was Yetter's very first product? Again, I, I used to remember. It was wheel cleaners for steel. Mm. 
you know, the steel wheels turning while they were building mud. And so uh, Harry Yetter or whatever, they kind of came up with an idea to have a cleaner on those. So every time that turned, it cleaned that little spike. Got it. So that was, yeah, one of the one of the first ones that, that was way back in the early days for sure. But, yep. you know, a lifetime of accessories, you know. I mean, it just seems like always always things that are going to help the operation and, and just streamline it and, you know, simple just ideas, really. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, big manufacturers want to make things that are streamlined and and are easy to manufacture. They don't want to customize too much because it'll screw up the manufacturing process. So you let them manufacture and then you your products tailor to South Carolina, the, the gentleman in rocks in Michigan and and right. down in cotton country and, and Pennsylvania. You know, we you pres- we prescription fit. Yeah. You know, we take it to the next level, you know, you go to urgent care, they kind of hit the broads and give you that, but then you go to your regular doctor, then they dig in and, you know, what's this and what's that? And, you know, just a little more in depth, you know, mm-hmm. trying to match the guy up with the right scenarios. Yeah. You know, and I, I tell a lot of farmers, like I, Ohio, I talked to a guy this morning and it was like, you know, finning equipment, those guys have the experience. They, they're in the dirt all the time. They know soil types are much better than I do. I can get you in that 90, 80% there. You know, talk to those guys. Those guys, they they sell a lot of it, and then they know the, the landscape, you might say. Right. Yeah, so we... It really brings it all the way full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, Dad, you know, Dad was doing the other stuff back in at the... Uh, cold water implement days and uh you know i i jumped in i think around 10 or 11 and and uh so yeah it's been a it's been nothing but uh but smooth sailing you know with yetter anything from man i remember when you know one of the first products i remember selling was maybe some disc sealers for an anhydrous bar (laughs) you know we had we had this uh this our warehouse was the second bay of our old uh shop here and i remember we had a stack of them and of course there's a lot of different parts to a disc sealer and uh you know that was before we ever had a computer generated inventory program and and I, we were calling you saying what what all parts do we need and um but yeah you know where whereas today um I'm getting ready to do a walk around video of our our new and improved warehouse. Yeah. Um, but going from where we started to where it is today, uh, it's it's night oh. and day. Isn't it funny? And just look at the short amount of time. You know what I mean? How how fast and things have moved, even in agriculture. Yeah. You know, you look at five years. How quick. You know, it's just exciting to see what the next five years are going to bring. Yeah. I mean. Because the growth and the, you know, things are all right there in place. You know, we know the agenda, and the agenda is doing more with less inputs and less employees, and that's just where it's headed. I mean, we just, you know, that's the name of the game. Yeah. 
Yep, I would agree. Um, that kind of rolls us into into one of my questions that I wanted to ask you. You know, um, yeah. corn corn isn't quite priced where it it once was. Inputs kind of still are. Um, yeah. You know. Yep. What, what kind of stuff are you seeing guys doing? You know, efficiency is going to be key. Like, for example, I myself, I, I planted wheat last year. I planted double crop beans, and, and I'm projecting for, for this next year. I've got my wheat planted, and yep. um, I already cut a little bit of cost out of my wheat seed. I use a little bit different type of seed. Um, I'm going to try and watch my passes, and then I'm going to do less uh, I'm going to feed my double crop beans less. Um, so already I'm looking at cutting some passes, trying to, to still squeeze as many bushels out without getting all those invoices in the mail from the co-op or the supplier. Um, right. so what, what stages are you seeing that, that we can help with, whether it's yourself or Fennig equipment, you know, we could talk about this for days, but hit on some of the key notes that maybe you're seeing guys, hone in on to, to get back to just being efficient and focusing on ROI? I don't think it's, it's really all over the board. Every operation is different. Yeah. You know, that's for number one. And, and really the changing, you know, changing the system, you know, with going to cover crops or, or messing with, with uh, strip till or, you know, just anything of that nature it takes a while to work it into the operation, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, I think guys are looking, you know, doing less total till. And, and I, you guys sell loaded total till. But, you know, I think, I think over the years we've seen the progression of all these, you know, tools. They come and they go. But, you know, we're still, here we are still out there in true strip till and or planner attachment mm-hmm. you know things. so it just seems like a lot of people are migrating to more of those systems and and learning more and and like you say less of a footprint with how many companies and dealers and inputs and everything they have to work with send you know less checks to send out mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know i mean the cover crop there's still a lot of questions and you know still a lot of learning in that side i mean there's no silver bullet but hey there's there's innovators out there that are doing it you know and Mm -hmm. they're teaching everybody else too you know as far as that goes so i i don't know it's it's hard to put your finger on one thing where guys are trimming the corners um i just know if you're gonna if you're gonna grow get more acreage you know you're gonna have to learn to do it on a skeleton crew because you know it's just finding employees and good employees and that type of thing. It's, you know how it is. It's harder all the time. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think making your planner be able to plant into anything that you ever wanted to throw at it is, is one of the number ones in my opinion. Um, for example, Cody and I planted double crop beans into my wheat and we, we thought about doing a tillage pass. Um, but quite frankly, we didn't have time. We, right. we didn't want to release any moisture from the soil. Mm-hmm. 
and we had air adjust row cleaners on our white 8000 with poly spike twisters and we increased a little bit of down pressure on those 2940s and boom we're, we're planting soybeans into a clean strip mm-hmm. right and and so it's yeah. like why why make that pass whereas i look at guys who don't have that capability to turn their planter into a just a completely you know pull into any field and in a make a few tweaks and adjustments to down pressure and, and closing wheels and this or that and boom you're going to have a picket fence stand no matter what um, well we just said we have changing conditions and changing soil types that's the that's the catcher right there you know there's no one every year is the same because that's not the case so you know we've seen it what works one year falls on snows the next year so that's where i think you know you guys and we do a good job of getting the guy you know into something that he's pretty much going to be wet dry hard whatever conditions it's going to perform right you know and that's what we you know that's where the knowledge comes along i mean we're just not selling because of we've got it in stock or whatever we're you know it's proven it's it's you're in you're out you know that thing so um yeah, I, I just I think that there's a lot of varieties out there for different customers, and I never never could understand why guys wanted to just till everything up and then say, "Man, she's dry out there. She's why are you opening it up? You know, leave it alone." Right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I but, mean, you know, the the guys who have got the, their big giant planter backed into the shop and it can only plant corn if it's had four tillage passes in front of it. Uh, right. Man, that, that corn planter is capable of a lot more than that. Give it more credit, get it get it outfitted, and it's going to pay for itself tenfold. Right. You don't have to worry about that hired hand running into a hole or hitting a pole or, or doing something with a tillage tool. Now, granted, we sell plenty of tillage tools as well, and there's a there's a purpose and a place for all of them. But right. I think that there's a fine line there uh, between letting the tillage tool do the work and letting the planter do the work. Um, you know, we, we've got that Halo VRT. That thing is, is amazing for prepping seed beds, chewing up stalks, but it's not a four-pass tool. We're not, you know, we're not taking right. a, a Case 875 out there and, and then hitting it um, you know, four more times to beat it down. We're the Salford lineup is is one pass and plant. You can always plant one behind pass. them. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of that stuff. You, you know, this fall running running tillage. I talked a lot about devastators. You know, yeah. When I pull into a guy's farm to do a tillage demo and his stalks are standing straight up, he's already mm-hmm. behind the game. Right. You know, he, he's going to ask me to set this tillage tool to be a one pass and plant on soybeans. And I'm thinking, well, your stalks are, are standing straight up parallel with my blades. So I'm not really right. going to be able to cut and size the strongest part of, of the stalk already. Right. Longest to break down. You're just, you're just maybe just logic moving off to the side of it. It's still going to be there. Right. Versus these guys that have got the devastators, these stalks are laid flat, and I come through there at an angle. I'm cutting and sizing the strongest, 
stoutest part of that stalk with both rows of blades instantly. And I'm, right. I'm getting a lot better cut. I'm getting a lot better residue management. So right there, that devastator, uh, you know, shows itself again. So when, when it comes to ROI becoming efficient, um, I, I think it, it starts with the planner and the combine getting them dialed in. I did a YouTube video there a few weeks back talking about residue management, starting with the combine and, yeah. and you look at a, a field that's been calmered and devastated and, and you've got a field that's ready to roll. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the picture you sent, you sent that picture the other day of that residue that was just black. I mean, it, yeah, it just shows. Give that two more months. Just think, give that another two more months. It's like I tell guys, you got potato chips out there. Yep. I mean, there's just, there's nothing really left. And I mean, if a guy doesn't have, I don't care. If a guy he does not have a devastator on, he's not doing the best he can do. Right. I mean, he's leaving money on the table. At the end of the day, he's getting more tire wear. He he's definitely, you know, making it more of a struggle for a one pass situation because that's going to it's going to affect the, the planer and the way it's going through and and his accessories and his I mean, that whole scenario is huge. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, You're seeing that with the planters just being more specific and. On, we want that seed placed the same depth every one. You know, I mean, yep, I don't know. Yep, so, um, recently we've had a, a nice uptick in uh, <clears throat> in Yetter Magnums. Um, yeah. we, you know, anhydrous for us the last few years. I mean, everyone who does, you know. If you're anhydrous, you're going to do anhydrous. You know, we right. say we say in the hunting game, killers kill, and <laughs> anhydrous guys put on anhydrous. So it's never going to die. And I know sometimes it sounds like I'm saying that, but there have definitely been a lot of people that switched to 28. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, look what you guys sell. I mean, your toolbars. Right. You know what I mean. You just you got to look at that market of side dress rigs, and all of them being with tanks on them versus gas. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's got to be showing up that fewer and fewer people. And we've talked about this before. You know, the next generation, you're going to see that decline, aren't you? It it sure seems that way. Um, a lot of the guys that I'm talking to that are switching to liquid, the boys coming up through the ranks. You know, he's 25, 35, 40 years old, and he's looking at his dad saying, hey, um, we're getting a liquid bar, period. You know, I had a guy tell me that this this fall. He said, well, we haven't made a decision which way we're going, but I can tell you we're going to go to liquid for next year. And it was it was the younger generation driving that. And uh, right. so, you know, um, but we had a nice little up, uptick in Magnums here lately. Um got a set going down to southern indiana and a set going out west so um i agree it's it's still an efficient way it's still a cheap product and guys understand it and know it yeah it's not it's not ever going to go anywhere but i just you know uh, i don't know how 
how much longer, I guess, unless there just goes into something that's totally tizzy with the liquid side. But I don't know. There's really never been any studies, I guess, there had been liquid versus anhydrous. And I don't know. It, mm-hmm. It's all an operation size, I guess, is what it comes down to. But yeah. how big were those guys? Were they big bars, southern Indiana and that? Or? Um, one was a 17 and uh-huh. one was a 13. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, speed. No, that's just like you say. Speed is payback right there. The ROI. Yep. You know. Efficiency. Everything Everything that we <laughs> offer is going to have an ROI. Some mm-hmm. are bigger. Some are less. And just depends on, you know, the situation, too. Yep. Um, you know, a couple years ago. Well, you know, we had a little uptick on these CC units as well. We, we've sold some lately. Um, yeah. But, you know, strip till in general, it's been it's been a hot topic. It always has. And, it, you know, some some days you say, man, strip till is, is really, I, I feel like we've been saying that for five years. You know, strip till has been talked about <laughs> a lot. That, that's we talk about it all the time for a long time. I've been selling it for I've been selling it for 30 years. Yeah, I, mean, I remember the very first l128 we had and then i mean we through the progression of you know that one time we we had a deal with monsanto where we i think we did 15 bars and had gandy boxes on them and blowing dry fertile i mean that's been 25 years ago you know and, and we're still struggling along because it's it's kind of a change, you know, obviously just a total change from what the growers been used to. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I see. It's like no-till culture and taking it off. Yeah. It's definitely a management change and, uh, and, and really, you know, it requires more, more, uh, more help from, from other people. But what I was getting at is, uh, that CC unit came out, and you guys, for a short period of time, offered a knife. Okay. The the people want the knife back. Right. That's right. There's there's definitely guys, and I think there's a guy out there making a knife to fit our CC, isn't there? Yeah, we're we're in process right now of, of making something. I mean, we're we're going to make just a fertilizer style knife and and I, I don't think that it needs to be a mole knife digging 8 inches deep to break up your grain cart compaction. I, I don't right. I'm not saying that, but um we are <clears throat> well in fact some guys bought some CCs for me and they want they want just a fertilizer knife in there. And yeah. uh so we're going to make some brackets. Going to be pretty easy to do, but I think I think that you know will gain some traction. Yeah, I, you know, and we've definitely looked at it, and and you know, there's some things on the drawing board down the road. I think you know we're going to see maybe something different. I don't know how long it'll it'll take, but you know, maybe something a little more industrialized. You know, not for I think. I think at the end of the day, if you can change and keep the same unit building on toolbar and go from A, B, C, or D, you know what I mean? I th- I think is right. going to be the best scenario. Right. So, and even even for the grower and for the dealer, because now you got one unit out there, and boom, it's you know, right. You don't go changing. So, but um, Fort Wayne Farm Show, we gonna see you there? 
Uh, Caleb's going to be there. I'm going to okay. be at the next show. I'm going to be over in Indianapolis. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's I'll right. be in the week before. I think it is. And then Caleb is going to, yes, he's coming over and going to be on your lot there. Caleb's uh, very, yeah, he's caught on and catching on. Yeah, very quickly and understands and has that farm background and mentality and, yeah, just all around. So he'll, he'll be there and handle any other questions or whatever guys are after. So Right. Yep. That's yep. coming up. Geez, isn't it something? I mean, every year at Fort Wayne, I mean, we just like, God, here's another Fort Wayne show. <laughs> it's <laughs> just them. And it will be down. Then we'll be down Louisville. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're just a couple weeks out from Fort Wayne. It's it's coming right up here. So heck, yeah. you're Are you going to Commodity Classic at all? You know, where's it at? Uh, Houston. Mm. Well, why don't you and I just go? <laughs> you know, I was thinking of that. That was probably one of your first whatever kind of interviews. Remember when we did that that morning? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That pops up on Time Hop every once in a while, but you know that was that was kind of a long. That was the Larry. What's his last name? Stein, That's uh, where I met Larry Tomball with Tomcat there Roofing. You there you go. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I talked to. In fact, I didn't have time, but <clears throat> Larry emailed me a invite yesterday to a webinar he was having today, and I I just. Yeah. Didn't didn't make it on there. Didn't didn't that say though? Look at that! All these years, you still had a network person that you still stay in touch with. Oh yeah, he called me. He called me, and we we kind of reconnected. Probably, I bet it was four months ago, and we got to talking. And he goes, "Yeah, I had uh, my neighbor put on my cover crops for me this year." I said, "Oh yeah, that's cool." He said, "Yeah." He got his cover crop seeder from you. I said, really? And he told me who it was, and it was Darren Sass with SNS Chemical out in Streeter, Illinois. I said, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I said, I know them boys. And uh, they're they're running uh, a new set of... Uh, Mavericks. Yeah, Maverick <clears throat> row units. 16 rows. Yep. Mm-hmm. I traded in their old Mavericks, and mm-hmm. they, uh, they're running a brand new set of Mavericks this fall. Yep. So, but yeah, small world. Yeah. You know, Worley and I went down to, uh, New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah. And, Orleans. Yep. To the commodity classic. That, that was the first time Yetter was there, wasn't it? Yeah. That was uh, exactly the very first year that we kind of tipping our toe into that business and mm-hmm. seeing what that is and what have you. And it's grown. It's definitely grown this year. We're going to have a bigger booth actually. Okay. And he's, so we've actually increased our size. So, and I think there's two guys going to go. I think Tyler and Ryan is going to go, or maybe even Ryan and um, Caleb, because Caleb's going. Randy Dowdy has his little meeting down there, in Houston, like a few days before the Commodity Classic. Okay. So, you know, Yetter is going to be there. And, you know, listen, he has a lot of growers from Ohio and Indiana, I mean, throughout everywhere that, you know, come to his little meeting deal. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it'll be good as well. Hmm. That was fun. I, I drove out to Illinois. I met you at uh, 
Yeah, didn't we just meet at your house and we drove down to New Orleans? Yep. Yep. Man, what a what a fun time that was. Got got into the seafood and in the New Orleans is just a different world, man. At at night that place just turns into a a journey, a circus. (laughs) That's it. It it uh it is a whole different avenue, that's for sure. Yep. Yep. I remember uh yeah, that was a heck of a time, and, and that was my first Commodity Classic, the only Commodity Classic I've ever been to, and I'd love to go back. Yeah. It, it was so neat because it was March, early March, and back home, it was cold, there was snow on the ground, and then you'd start to creep south, and pretty soon it's 40 degrees, and then you get through Arkansas, and it's 50 yeah. degrees, and then get down to New Orleans, yeah. it was 70. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely, and, and those are good, you know, like I say, some of these shows like that are gaining out. Of course, they have seminars, you know, and I think that's the key to shows going forward, you know, is they got to have other things for growers to get guys to come in, you know. Well, I, I remember when, during that Commodity Classic, there was many times I'd talk to guys on the phone, and and maybe I'd talk about going down there or something, or whatever but a lot of guys didn't really even know what it was right you you know you'd say commodity classic and they're okay yeah maybe i heard about that one time well now i talk to a lot of growers and they're like well i can't do it that week because that's commodity classic and it's like oh geez you know you you just you just hear it more and yeah that's definitely something that's gaining steam and i think you're right it's a huge value added uh, event. It's not just well, show up at the door and walk around until your knees can't move anymore and go home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you can go there and and learn and kind of make a little bit of a vacation out of it. Um, yep. But really, invest some serious time into your operation. And hopefully, go home with with some things to put to work. That's it. That's <laughs> and that's right. They have a lot of guest speakers and. It's just a lot of knowledge, and then you can walk around and see some iron and talk to company people. It's it's a one stop shop really for ag. You know, if you're into if you're rooted into ag, it's it's definitely a a good thing to attend. I I feel anyway. So, but, but yeah, that's slipping right up on us as well. So, but huh. I think I think it'll be all pretty darn good as far as everything's ready to go for this year and few new displays we have and yeah yep yeah we're working on some displays right now for fort wayne i'm thinking on our devastator display i was talking to cody i thought about putting like a tray in the bottom you know right now the bottom of that display is just like some square tubing welded together and it's it's open i thought about putting a little tray in there to throw some some calmerized stalks and yep. then and then throw devastated stalks and non-devastated stalks in there to show guys at the show. I mean, don't you remember we did that farm science that year? Oh, yeah. we, we grabbed some stalks that after it run through, grabbed them and brought them back to the lot. And yep. Stood up there. I mean, then, you know, it was just the whole witness that you guys could see exactly what it was going to do for them. I mean, it was just, it's ideal. Yep. So. Yeah, so that's, yep. my, that's my plan. I want to kind of enclose that little display and and just be able to show guys, you know, hey, we pulled this right out of our field and it was harvested on this day and and all yeah. that and show show the the breakdown throughout the year uh, right. up, up to that date. So 
and that's the, that's the thing. A lot of guys don't get out and see. So when you do that, you're, some of them you're going to be like, well, I'll be darn, I got a devastator and I never, you know, paid attention or right. you know, never out really looked. So yep. it, it'll definitely be a good educational feature. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Um, yeah. So anything new coming down the pike with Yetter? I, I know that uh, when I was at the farm progress show Derek was kind of showing me the new cast rings yeah would you say that's kind of the one of the newer products or is there more no that's that's definitely one that we've added to the twister family if you will um you know there again prescription fitting you know we have the we have the complete wheel that you know adds 32 pounds back there and then we have the poly twisters. That's what probably ten or so pounds. Yep. And this is going to be a mid range into that, you know, fifteen, eighteen pounds. You yeah. know, it's basically just in a mid range thing. And you know, and if there are some guys, I truly have not run into, and I'm going to ask you guys. I mean, the twisters themselves. Do you find replacement sales, or I mean, do you have replacement sales? You know, I've I've just maybe started hearing a few guys chatter about it. Yeah. Just, I mean, a couple guys, you know, they they say, well, you know, I maybe need to get with you next spring. My my twisters are starting to have a little bit of a roll to them, and yeah. uh, and you know, so it it's rare. I don't know if I can think of a time that I truly physically sold a new set of rings or completes to a guy because his old ones were worn out. I mean, it's unreal. Guys ask me all the time when, when to replace. And of course, you know, I, I tell guys when they come up to a cone, you know, you'll start to see him kind of the, you know, that chunky lug, you know, it starts wearing the corners off and it starts rounding and, you know, kind of when it starts to get really smaller in size, that's, you know, because that's what makes them successful is that chunkiness of that tamping, that tamping and tucking action is really, you know, is yeah. really a game changer from the other wheel designs that, you know, any of the wheel designs that come up like a point, there's no, just no firming there. Right. And, you know, but <clears throat> sidewall is fine, but you know, the part that's entering the soil is so narrow, it doesn't leave any footprint. And that footprint, I'm convinced, is what gives us those picket fence stands. Yeah, yeah, it creates an unevenness. It it, it uh, detracts from the ability of crusting. It, right. uh, it it creates some fracturing for that, that root to, or not, not the root, but the, the uh, sprout to make its way through a broken up top even even if it does rain a little bit or something it i don't know there's so many honestly you could arm wrestle people over what really it truly is about that poly spike because honestly for me you know you were just talking about the structure of it and the footprint and i I agree but i think it also goes back to the the length of the spike you know how short it is and and the lightweight portion of it and and how we're not putting a lot of down pressure on that furrow um so you could go back and forth and then again you talk about you could say well no it's none of that it's it's not even any of that it's actually (laughs) the fact that you can space them an inch and a quarter apart and get right on top of that crack right where your seed discs are running you know so you could you could talk about 
all the different avenues of what really is the secret to that closing wheel, but there's not one. There's three, four, five. And and then you can see it just like you say, you can tell, you know, when emergence comes that there's something different here that, you know, it just, I I just, the tucking it down in that seed trench is really what, you know, I think. difference yeah and, and think about this we haven't even brought up the fact that there's a left and a right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know you, you you've got that direction so right you know like i said you can go on and on about about what it is about the secret of that poly twister but it and I've, i get that question a lot well what makes that one better and it's like well it's this 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 and this really right. um so but and it's just not, it's just not blue sky. It's actual. It's it's actually <laughs> what we see. I mean, because it caves the sidewall plus tamps. Right, and, and that's where a lot of these are just breaking sidewall, but they're they're still leaving air a little pockety, and it's not tucked in like you know corn just loves to be. Right, <laughs> and, and and I do. And another thing I, I love about them is just the amount of ROI they carry with them. I mean, right. you know, you, you can, it's like anything, whether it's cars or, or hunting gear, you can spend a little bit of money or you can spend a lot of money. That's right. And, and what's beautiful about the poly spikes is they're actually on the lower end of the spectrum when, when it comes to cost of, Closing when systems. Yeah, when you're comparing a closing system, you can get mm-hmm. into thousands of dollars. Right. I mean, just that little expense makes the biggest difference that you can make, one of them anyway. Yeah, and and so the ROI of a couple thousand dollar closing wheel system, I don't know that it's there. And so, um, you know, it, it it's just a powerful little package. And, and, I think that's, yeah. and I think that's what I think a lot of guys – may revert back to here in the next couple coming seasons is, you know, it is nice to have this or this and and the shiny gadget and this on, on your planner. Right. But it better, it better start pulling its weight. It, it, you know, and these guys, I talked to a lot of guys that maybe try one twister on one side and have a cast or something. You got to get away. You got to have two twisters. You got to have one on each side of the row. You know, that's a corner that's trying to cut a corner that's not going to, it's not going to be worth it at right. the end of the day. <laughs> well, it's just not you how know? they're designed to run. Right. And yeah. So that's the biggest thing we got to impress on these guys is don't, I mean, yes, 250 for per row, 150 per row for the inserts. That's not going to break the bank anywhere. So right. why chance and just do one side and that type of thing. So, but yeah, yeah. It, I just it, saw, it, huge difference but poly speaking of poly we do have a a new poly gauge wheel you know floater wheel i should say oh yeah for the row cleaners so you know we've seen this over the years that that silver floater wheel that everybody has it has a dish to it and you know and some men till work ground one pass tillage softer fluffier well that thing can be the one that's rooster tailing some soil yeah. You know, and so, you know, these polys are all enclosed. And so we've done some pictures and done some side by side, but it's amazing by going to that poly floater versus the, you know, typical ones. 
you get a lot less soil throwing too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Are they the same width? Same, yeah. Diameter wise and everything is the same. Okay. Now the polymers do taper down just a little more, or maybe it's, you know they've got a taper to them. See, and that's the other reason. You know the metal ones don't; they're just flat out there. Sure. So that you know they just it's the a little angle. more failing action going on with that open rim. Yeah. And so, but we can do now. We can do the polys on old style hubs and wheels, or new style so you know now we can be more diverse with that poly i think it's got some it definitely has some advantages and somebody that if they tell me they're in conventional or mintil i i'm i'm suggesting that that floater wheel if they've got row cleaners for sure got it got it you ought to send yeah. us a, send us a set of those maybe we can put yeah. them on for uh fort wayne yeah I'd like to yeah, do a couple of videos on those and, mm -hmm. and just kind of talk to guys and and yeah. uh, get a few rows on some guys for this next spring. You know, that with that shark tooth finger, you know, and I know we just have a wide variety of products. Sometimes it's, it's hard to keep up, but, you know, a mintil type scenario, that shark tooth finger or high speed planter. Yeah. It, it just doesn't have as much metal and, you know, coupled that with that poly floater wheel. It's a pretty nice combination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But food for thought, you know, that some of those things don't always make their way to the forefront, but, you know, they're they're pretty good little upgrades or additions for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, something to keep in mind, you know. On, yeah. You know, we talked about the different weights of the closing wheels and yeah. this and that. I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot. I, I talk to a lot of guys about it, and it mainly gets brought up when we start talking about the wear of the polys. I ask them, well, what notch are you running in? Oh, well, you know, I, I left it in that third notch that I was in right. with my with my uh, smooth rubbers from John Deere, and it's like, man, you're putting way too much down pressure on that wheel. And <clears throat> I, wish, I wish that uh, those polys – every set of them came with a digital scale and and you could go through but i mean i think that we would be blown away at the exact psi that we're putting down on those because when you're running through the field there's only about three spikes going and touching the ground mm -hmm. at a time yeah. yeah and the surface area there is very very small so if you're in right, the exactly shouldn't take that much but here's the thing too adam i'd like to see a guy put a scale on your seed disc blades and and then show when you go to first second or third notch how much pressure we're bringing away from our seed disc blades okay yeah the, the more pressure we put back here with our v close wheels it takes pressure away from our row unit i mean that we got to gain that from somewhere I see what you're saying. You see what I mean? It's like a teeter-totter almost. Mm. You're saying we're robbing it from the down pressure. <clears throat> we're robbing it from our downforce. And see, and that's why a lot of guys, you go to the cast, and man, you know, every bit of their downforce now is to go to put our seed disc openers in, in the ground and keep our gauge wheels against the ground. 
we're not having to compensate for a lot of pressure at our rear end, yeah. you know, trying to shove that slot closed. Yep. All of a sudden they're backing down their down pressure. You're saying, right? Yeah, exactly. I see what you're saying. And, and you know, then it, it requires even less down pressure to break down the sidewall compaction on the closing wheel end of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what the weight, I think, you know, and some of these guys want to put air back there. Well, you know, as well as I, some guys get way too carried away, mm-hmm. but you know, putting all that pressure there when maybe we just need to add that cast wheel or just add the cast inserts, <clears throat> you know, add a little more. And, and just like you say, it's that customer that's getting into that third notch. I mean, if you're, you know, even play with that third notch, you probably ought to get some weight back there or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there's something else wrong. You, right. There needs to be an alarm that goes off when you start creeping into the third notch, even the second, that starts right. shooting red flags up saying, okay, what am I doing here? There must be something else that I yep. need to look at because um, we got to remember that seed has to fight through that PSI. And when we talk compaction and stuff, you know, if you're, yep. if you're working on the third notch of the spring and you've got the weight of the tailwheel piece the weight of the closing wheels and the weight of that spring pushing down on on three of those spikes yep that's an immense amount of psi yeah and now that seed has to fight back up through that and we might drive by that field three days later and say man those those, just that corn is not just pumping out of the ground like i want to see it well you ran a steamroller over the furrow Mm -hmm. (laughs) no kidding you know you know or varying soil types you know some areas you'd just be beating and pounding that slot closed and that's you know i guess i just don't like to have to put much pressure let that thing just kind of float along and just yep. the weight needed you know the soil type determines the weight it's needed almost you might, mm-hmm. you might so but yeah you can definitely do more with less when it comes yes. to the down pressure of the closing wheel mm-hmm. that's exactly right no doubt so yeah no everything's going along good so what's up in the in the whirly household this week you know you had christmas over the weekend how was that it was good so we had you know like three events i think we figured up 22 18 and 24 Mm -hmm. those were the people that we ran through our house and kitchen and food and had to prep food for and I'll tell you, it's a lot of work, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, a grocery store, I mean, hell, you about have to call 911 when you got to the register and they told you the bill. <laughs> Son of a Yeah. It's like you've been robbed. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a good time, though. We all, mm-hmm. it gets along good and we're blessed that way <laughs> that, yes, it was a good, good Christmas. So. That's good. Yeah. This is always a fun time of year that that time between christmas and new year's you know you've got maybe yep. some maybe some good football games going on and you know oh, yeah. of course tomorrow the buckeyes play and mm-hmm. um so that'll be interesting. <laughs> it, it will be interesting no doubt yeah um it'll be fun to watch them play and and uh you know then we start leading into some bowl games mm-hmm. and oh. uh you know it, it just it's just a fun time of year you know you you kind of reminisce on the on the past year and maybe look at what you want to do different for this year and um yep. it, it's just a fun time of year you got um 
you know, it typically a lot of customers calling in last few days have been busy. We've been selling some stuff, some mm -hmm. guys wanting to get some stuff taken care of by the end of the year and, and kind of turn the page to 2024. It, it, it's an exciting time and, and I'm excited for, for 2024 and, and what it holds for, for, uh, not only Fenny equipment, but you know, the ag, the ag sector in general. Yeah, it's, uh, it is exciting, I think. And, and I, I'm as excited just because of where our product line is, you know, we're, we're more of a year round type product anymore. We, you know, the fall, the nutrient placement things to the summer. And I, I don't know, it's just everything that we're offering is really has a, a potential to really help the grower and put more money in his pocket, you know, more so than anything. Yeah. And I just, uh, you know, the future is, is definitely going to grow more into all the things we talked about, <clears throat> fewer trips, you know, fewer manpower, more farming, more acres with less and, and less inputs. It's, you know, it's, it's good. Some guys have really got it figured out and oh, yeah. a lot more yet to come. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, um, speaking of kind of some strip till and some unique stuff, I, I had a gentleman up by, Lake Erie called me probably a few months back. Vegetable uh -huh. grower, really good vegetable grower. I mean, he knows more about squash than than <laughs> you know we ever dreamed of knowing about corn, beans, or wheat. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, I put put my beds down and then I cover them. Well, I cover them because see, if you cover them before October, you know the sprouts will come up and it's just like man, you know he this guy's got it figured out, right? But he called me and he wants a strip till bar, a three row Maverick. Um, yep. and we would have to kind of offset the units. He wants to figure out how to get them on 20 inches. His, these beds, uh, of yep. his are on 20 inches. <clears throat> and, uh, so he's actually going to our Nova store tomorrow morning and oh. him and Seth are going to sit down and they're going to call me and we're going to, we're going to walk through it and, and try to get him into a, a Maverick bar. So there you go. Mavericks for uh, vegetables. And he grows everything. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it, it's pretty impressive what, what he grows. It's called like and Chef's you, Garden. Bob's right. Chef, Chef's Garden or something. Chef's pretty cool. Garden. We, uh, I did that years ago and have done it like pumpkins. Guys would, I mean, I've sold Mavericks because they'll make a two row or whatever, but pumpkins will grow out then on the straw or the residue see and it never touches the soil and the soil is what rottens the outer part i see and so yep. these guys will plant you know strip till right through some heavy barley or you know whatever's and boy then when the pumpkins grow out they just grow on they're basically just laying on straw yep and you know that's guys have found that they get a a much better product and maybe it's the same with squash is what he's wanting to do. So could be. Yeah. I don't know. He's, no, you know, no disease or just rot from being against the ground. Now it's just cradled on that. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's just little things like that, that the knowledge and what you learn is it's, it's unbelievable every day. Yeah. Yep. So. No doubt. Um, forget what I was going to ask you here. Um, on the oh i know what i was going to say um when is the next time i'm going to see jeff worley yeah it's going to be probably louisville okay 
you come unless you come to Indianapolis for a day or whatever, or slip yeah. over. But yeah, okay, that, that'll be your next uh, next time. We'll have to get together and maybe get us a group podcast going. You know, some other guys in the room. Man, that may be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would definitely have to get a new SD card. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. So <clears throat> bigger no, one. That's, uh, that'll probably be the next time. One of those two. So, you know, it, I, I don't think you're much of a podcast listener from what no. I understand. Well, no. you know, that we, we do talk a little bit of hunting on this podcast sometimes. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's a rule. It's I don't know that rule. you've got anything really to talk about. Do you? I mean, do you have any blood down or anything? Oh. Or blood on- <laughs> well, see, I don't think I've informed you. No. I don't think I've informed you. Well, see, Cody's over here laughing because he does. But Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, my my youngest child weighs more than one of the deer he killed this year. So, um, <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Right? Well, hey, you know, you're picky like me. You know, it's like, oh, should I? And then, no. <laughs> right. Um, no, but I was going to tell you, I, I've I've dang near just given up the deer hunting. Ah. It. Uh, it I'm telling you, I'm I'm just a coyote hunter now. <laughs> I see that in some of those snaps and such. You guys are thinning the herd. It's mm-hmm. it's fun. It it's a it's it's a lot of fun. You know, you you can hunt them year round. You can oh, hunt yeah. them hunt them day or night. Um, yep. You know, it, it's just so different because you're not out there. Oh, I wonder if that because you know there's one big buck in a ten mile radius. You know, is he going to up your odds with coyotes? Yeah. You go out and coyote hunt. Well, not only that, but everyone wants you to hunt their property for coyotes. So Mm -hmm. yeah, come on over. Yeah. Drive down to that holler (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and go out there and call and they'll howl back and that hair on your neck will just stand up. And all of a sudden you'll start to see a a heat signature on that thermal scope or the spotter and boom, here they come. And they're coming to you. And yep. uh, and as soon as you see that signature, the clock's ticking. There, yep. There is a, a, a ticking time bomb, and that coyote will figure out you're there eventually. Yep. Yep. And so you have to walk that line of, do I take the shot now? You know, mm-hmm. he, he's 150 yards. Because right. sh- shooting through a thermal is not as easy as shooting through a regular scope. Right. Um, judging distance is extremely hard. So, so it's like, do I shoot now or do I wait for them to come in and then you wait and then boom, they wind you and they're gone. A lot more activity going on than deer hunting. I mean, deer hunting is a lot of dead time. Yep. It's fun. It's fun, man. We'll have to, we'll have to get you out sometime. It's, it is a riot. And, uh, so yeah, that's what we've been doing a lot of. I, I do have some, some high hopes. Well, I'd like some snow to really finish off a deer hunt right. season here. There but you go. That's exactly. Yeah. That would be all right for sure. Yeah. I mean, if we could get an inch of snow, I tell you, I'd, I'd draw some blood on a, on a deer. Yeah. We're starting to get a little coating here. The roofs are all white and the oh. ground's trying to get white. So yeah, we're getting a little dose. Well, we better head West. Yeah. Cody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will be here tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Out in the wide open spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally the wide open spaces. That's right. All right. Well, we talked some deer hunting. 
talked some coyote hunting and we talked a lot of uh yetter farm equipment with jeff worley it's always a good time to get jeff on board and mm -hmm. um yeah we appreciate everything you do and um oh it's always it's always a blast talking to you it is and always great talking to you guys and texting yeah you know i i always enjoy it and that's what i like feeling is i'm always in your back pocket mm -hmm. you know if you don't ever know something call me text me or whatever but yeah it's uh it's always always fun working with finnick equipment so well we we feel Good. the same and and i i need to get out that way sometime here and it's been a while since i've been to yetter it's been a while since i've since i've stayed at the whirly inn i know <laughs> that's exactly right that's that's it. Still have all the bedrooms uh, typically available. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I appreciate your time today, Jeff. And uh, yeah. I'm going to get, we're going to get off here, let you get back at it. I'm sure you've got some calls to catch up on. So, yeah. um, well, appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you inviting me on. And uh, as always, uh, have a happy new year and a safe one. And uh, yeah, hopefully back to Tuesday, we'll be hitting the ground running. That's yep. right. Yep. Yep, you too. Have a happy new year, and we'll be seeing you soon. Okay, talk to you guys. Yep, yep. see ya. Uh, bye. Bye.